Hello, and welcome back to Season 3 of the podcast. This podcast centers around topics that may be of interest to Ponderosa Commons residents and beyond here on UBC Vancouver campus. My name is Sarah Park, I use she, her pronouns, and work as a residence advisor here in Pond. I'm super excited to be your host today. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge that we are recording this episode on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, Stalo, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. In Season 2, we'll be talking about sustainability, and specifically during a pandemic. Some of you may be studying in this field, some of you may be somewhat interested, and some of you may have absolutely no idea what that really means or what's going on. With the COVID-19 pandemic, we thought it would be interesting to feature a few guests with various roles related to sustainability and get their take on how the pandemic has affected sustainability, how UBC fits into the picture, and what we can do moving forward. Without further ado, let's get started! Today we have Shamta Hunter, who is a manager of sustainability student engagement here at UBC and is also a PhD candidate in the Faculty of Education, Curriculum, and Pedagogy. And we are so excited to have her here on the episode to talk more about sustainability, how her PhD kind of plays a role into it, what her role with UBC sustainability is, and kind of what we can expect to see in the future. So before we dive right into the deeper questions, Shamta, why don't you tell me more about your role as the manager of sustainability student engagement? Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah, I'm uh, with UBC Sustainability Initiative. um, And as a manager of student sustainability engagement, I manage several engagement programs, primarily targeted on students. Um, So we are trying to engage more and more students on our campus, both undergraduate and graduate students in the sustainability and climate action movement. Um, So one of the examples is the Sustainability Ambassadors Leadership Program that I manage. And through that program, we are trying to uh, increase um, leadership skills, but also knowledge um, and attitudes and values towards sustainability and climate action in students. Um, We also have a speaker series and several other engagement programs that I hope I'll get the chance to get into later on. Awesome. I think... Oh, I have so many questions already, but I want to keep this in a good chronological order. So before you tell us a little bit more about the different programs, I'm curious kind of how you got interested in sustainability in the first place. Like, what drew you in? How did your education play a role, if at all? Like, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, very interesting story, actually. <laughs> I... um. So I did my B.Ed., my uh, Bachelor's of Education. Um, well, going back, I was a, a science, I'm a science graduate uh, with cell biogenetics. Uh, wanted to go into um, science uh, initially and uh, uh, do lab work. Um, lab work did not really uh, jive with me as much. I, I couldn't wait for the experiments over and over days <laughs> for days to come. Um, so I went into teaching. I did my B.Ed. Um, and uh, taught for uh, about three years, uh, science primarily and biology. And then I came back to do my master's, uh, really finding answers to how I can integrate some of the climate action sustainability um, education into my own teaching. At that time, there wasn't much conversation happening, uh, especially in the BC curriculum, 
around sustainability and climate action. So uh, mm-hmm. I essentially wanted to come back and I did my master's in sustainability curriculum and pedagogy at that time when there was no master's in sustainability. So I had to kind of create right. my own path. It was, it was really good to have the support of my supervisor at that time to kind of make my own program. So I did that. And uh, during that, I uh, was offered this interview um, to have the position that I'm in. Well, actually, this position has shifted quite a bit in the past um, 10 years, but uh, was offered this position, uh, interviewed and I've offered this position. And uh and I took it. It was really exciting to be able to work uh, with UBC students around sustainability and climate action. So I uh, took the position and never went back to teaching. My my intention of going back to teaching wouldn't really happen. But at the same time, um, I was able to uh, create opportunities for the students at UBC by, by just listening to them uh, about what is needed. Um, and uh, a lot of the programming that we run uh, are essentially uh, ideas uh, primarily came, coming from, uh, from students. So um, uh, I love working uh, and creating those, uh, those really relevant experiential opportunities for students around sustainability. Um, and, and yes, yeah, so I've been in this position for the last uh, 10 years. Uh, and like I said, it has shifted quite a bit. Essentially, it was an advising position, and then it kind of became more engagement and student engagement position. So um, that's what brings me here. So you mentioned that you were teaching for a couple of years, and then you came back to school to learn more about the integration of climate change into teaching. But was there kind of a turning point where you're like, climate change is important, I want to learn more about how I can incorporate it, or like what motivated you to want to incorporate climate change into your teachings at that time? Yeah, that's that's a very good question, and, and I kind of think about uh, it quite a lot, actually. And initially, uh, what got me thinking about it or interested into it is really um, the attitudes and values of, of students and teachers in the, in the, in the school. And a lot of those values didn't really align with our sustainable futures. Um, And uh, when I saw that and some of the attitudes and behavior patterns that were really not aligning with the way that I wanted to see our our students um, kind of take up some of these actions and behaviors, um, that's where I was interested, I started becoming interested in how do we integrate sustainability values and and knowledge and skill sets into the education or the curriculum that we are designing for our students. And mind you, at that point, there wasn't very many resources available Mm -hmm. and there wasn't much of a talk around climate change in, in those days. So in my conversations with the principals and with the teachers, there, there was a sense that, that they are interested in a lot of this, but they either don't have the time to look into and redesign their curriculum or pedagogical approaches, or mm-hmm. there weren't much resources that were available, or they weren't really motivated in terms of administration kind of asking them to, to, to do this. There wasn't a call, uh, call to action for the teachers at that, to- at that time. So I, I, I kind of, that kind of really dr- drove me to kind of think about, okay, how do I, and, and really, it really, m- more than knowledge and skill set, for me, it really initiated the conversation about how do we engage students in those value conversations about 
okay, well, how do we connect our personal values and what do we want? How do we want to live in this world um, with, and connect them to the actions that we are taking in the moment? Right. So that's that's what really drew, drove me into coming back and doing um I mean, I've looked at different ways of doing that. I did some research and after speaking with a couple of folks, even at TVC and and, and uh, family and friends, um, kind of this created a pathway to, okay, let's, let's do this as part of a master's and mm-hmm. uh, try and figure out those values and, and, and uh, skill sets and knowledge uh, that we can instill in, in through our teachings. Right. And so that's your master's. And during that, after your master's, you started your PhD, or maybe there was some gap. So what are you focusing on now for your PhD? And what's kind of your area of focus for research? Yeah, so there was a gap. I worked uh, at UBC about for five or six years before I started thinking about mm-hmm. um, the PhD. And really, it is it is for me to... Um, think about above and beyond uh, what we are doing and how how do we really have those really in-depth conversations with our students. So there are, I mean, when in my work, when I think, when I'm thinking about uh, um, students who are really passionate, so they're kind of thinking about those three, three groups almost, uh, one group that is really passionate and they are the ones that, you know, always volunteer and attend these sustainability and climate action conversations and, yeah. and workshops and events. Then there's the second group that is kind of right on the edge and they are not really sure, they are concerned about it, but they're not really sure how they can contribute or they, they may not have the time or there might be other things that are happening. Um, and then there's a third group that is not necessarily that concerned or um, that's not something that's on their minds. So, um, you know, thinking about how do we, how do we um, uh, connect to these three groups uh, of, of individuals or, or, or students or, or even community members? Mm-hmm. Um, and so my PhD work kind of looks at um, uh, using the transformative learning theory as a lens to look at how do we, uh, how do these students develop the competencies uh, around sustainability. So there's a set of sustainability competencies that are supported by UNESCO and that are linked to the uh, achievement of the uh, 17 Sustainable Development Goals, which is under the mm-hmm. Agenda 2030. And I'm looking at how, how, how does the process of development happen around competencies. And competencies are basically an amalgamation of the knowledge, values, skills, and behavior patterns. So it's kind of an all-encompassing concept um, uh, in terms of how students develop these competencies. And how can we, once we study these this process of development, how can we borrow some from, from that and bring it back into our curriculum and pedagogical approaches to then really embed those um, those processes in into our curriculum, not just at, at the post-secondary education, but also at the high school and elementary school. So my sample is uh, age 15 to 30. So I'm kind of looking at the high school to post-secondary students and how does that process happen? Um, and I'm using um, uh, social innovation as a framework um, to, to kind of study that process as well. So it's, uh, I don't know if I'm making a whole lot of sense, but <laughs> there's lots happening in that process right now. I feel like that's just such a multi-layered, like, 
research topic, it's so hard to kind of boil it down and be like, just tell me about your research. And you're like, well, I guess I can take a stab at it. So very complex. (laughs) Yeah. But it sounds like there's, I guess, a certain list of competencies that are important for more sustainability relevant goals. Can you tell me more about what these kind of competencies are and um, kind of tying it back to your role at UBC, how you're kind of trying to uh, help grow these competencies in UBC students? Like, how is that being, um, how is your research kind of informing your work? Yeah, absolutely. I um, So a really good example of it is in the Sustainability Ambassadors Leadership Program. So in the past uh, two years, um, I have shifted the program and used the, the framework of competencies to really mm-hmm. Uh, think about the program and how we offer the program and deliver the program to the students. Um, So the program now is based in the sustainability competencies. And so there are a set of eight competencies uh, that were supported by UNESCO in 2017 uh, that support the the sustainable development goals. So in my work, I've kind of distilled them down to five. Um, So I've sort of you know combined some um and then also thought about the ubc context and how mm-hmm. those competencies fit in this context as well so the five uh the competencies example of that is systems thinking self-awareness integration um you know uh, collaboration um and strategic planning and strategic strategic application um those are the key five ones and so just giving you an example of one, like, for example, for the self-awareness, and that's where we start um, in the program itself. Um, and that we take a deep dive into uh, personal values and where our students coming from. And a lot of the times there's a lot of discomfort in students to talk about values because about more than 90 percent of the students who are part of the ambassadors have been part of the ambassadors program have not had any conversation around values mm-hmm. in the academic yeah. in their academic life yeah. so to have those kind of conversations in this setting in the ubc in the university setting it's a little bit of a um a foreign um, experience for a lot of these students so we do take a deep dive into that and we try and connect those um those values um to the sustainability work that they are wanting to do in the in the next coming year for example so that's one way, and we do a lot of different forms of activities. We do a lot of different ongoing workshops um, in terms of really integrating those um, and really getting a sense of, okay, how do I see the the, the society or, or my community surviving in this climate crisis or climate emergency? And what is my role in this? And uh, how, does my, how do my values reflect my actions in this? So we so that's one example of, of mm-hmm. doing that, and then we um, the ambassadors also work throughout the year um, on various learning about various skill sets for for example project management skills or facilitation skills or teamwork that are really key to achieving a lot of the the project ideas that come out of the ambassadors program around sustainability. So we offer a lot of support with that. Um, and they also, they, they love the idea of working in an interdisciplinary uh, team because, mm-hmm. and, and that's another kind of a great output or, or feedback that we get from students is that this is really one of the only experiences at, at universities that they have had uh, in an inter, in a 
pure interdisciplinary group where they have mm. students coming from arts, from science, from LFS, from forestry, and they have group members from di yeah. different disciplines and yeah. bringing that experience and perspective that are very so different um, and then coming together to work on a same goal uh, in terms of a project that they are working on. It's a very rich experience for a lot of these students. Absolutely. And kind of going back to your I guess, motivation for sustainability, I'm curious, since you pull so much different knowledge from that teaching lens, this um, sustainable development goal lens, and then kind of leading the group of sustainability ambassadors, you just have like lots of different ways of kind of adding to your sustainability knowledge. So from all of that, how would you, what does sustainability mean to you? And how would you define what sustainability is? Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> that's a tough question. Um, yeah, even though I've been working in this field for so long, it's uh, it's really tough for me to define that in words. I think mm -hmm. it's more of a of an understanding and 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 um, a process rather than um, you know. I think it's shifting as we go through uh, you know. Especially right now in the climate emergency time, uh, I think the definition has shifted quite a bit uh, in the past few years. Um, you know, the uh, the most common one from our world, I think, uh, by Brundtland. The Brundtland definition basically says uh, that uh, we should be using the resources in a way that is sustainable um, for the future generations. But at the same time, um, that's definition of sustainable development. And, and the word development has a lot of negative connotations to it in mm -hmm. terms of that is very human centric. It doesn't think about the non-human uh, aspects of the world and things like that. And I don't necessarily um, uh, I'm supporting that definition of development. So I'm... Mm -hmm. uh, the narrative now has been shifting from education for sustainable development to more education for sustainable futures, mm. uh, which is a huge change in terms of the that paradigm shift in terms of how we think about um, the non-human aspects or non-human elements of our world. So I don't know if I can give you a really good uh, succinct definition of sustainability, but I think um, we need to be really conscious in terms of what about our actions and uh, and uh, be kind to uh, not just the human but the non-human aspects of our world as well. And what does that mean in terms of the future generations uh, mm -hmm. that will be coming after us? I think that's so fascinating that there just a simple word shift could change the connotations with it so much. And going from sustainable development to sustainable futures is just like just one shift of a word but the I guess ripple effect of words really showcases the importance of word choice so I think that's really interesting um, and I think you touched upon it briefly when you mentioned how it's important not to just kind of be uh, locked into this one definition but the fact that it is always a shifting um, concept of sustainability but kind of taking a more intersectional lens um, I think we focus a lot when we hear sustainability for some folks, it's like, oh, that's all about environment, the environmentalism, environmental science, just all of everything environment. But there's also other forms of sustainability like economic and social. 
So I'm wondering kind of from your experience, how have you seen kind of the integration of environmental sustainability either play a role in the other forms or just how does it intersect with the other aspects of sustainability? Yeah, that's uh, again a good question. And I think uh, the conversation uh, that we've been having more recently is around climate justice. And that's kind of a you know, in terms of the understanding and the concept is, is that how does these environmental changes in terms of climate change are impacting the most vulnerable populations in, in our, in our, in our community and on the globe, in the globe. So, um, and, and climate justice really takes that more of an intersectional lens, like you, like you were talking about in terms of uh, how there is a layered impact uh, in some of the most vulnerable uh, individuals. So um, I think the concept or the understanding of climate justice really takes into account all those three layers in terms mm-hmm. of the economic impacts, um, the environmental impacts, and the social impacts um, that that the communities are uh, experiencing. Um, so I think those all are very, very important, but at the same time, not losing sight that environment is the one that is really needed to support the economic and the social. Um, so um, kind of giving, and we've talked we've talked about the three, the, you know, the three pillars, uh, mm-hmm. the environment, the social, and the economic being yeah. equal and uh, not, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think environment mm-hmm. is something that is, that is sustaining us. So without that, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be really, it's like, it, like, I like the model where it's more of a bullseye. So the environment is from the outside. Uh, that is contained and that is containing the environment, um, the social and the economic. Right. Okay. No, I think that's an interesting model for a bullseye instead of the typical like three circles overlapping kind of Venn diagram right. style. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And not to revert to kind of a more down question, but under the umbrella of sustainability, there are so many different kind of issues that are currently ongoing. How do you kind of around yourself and you're able to focus on one at a time um, how do you know what area of sustainability to focus on and what is your kind of focus area under the huge umbrella of sustainability yeah I am a big advocate of education and mm-hmm. learning uh, and creating those learning experiences for for everyone um, and I so my focus has been in in any of these big conversations has has been education and how can we create those learning opportunities um, to to kind of really learn as a community and and have collective action um, more than individual actions so our unit ubc sustainability initiative is also going through um, strategic planning so i think it's Mm -hmm. we are also thinking about that like how do we in this vast um, sustainability world, or what, what do we focus on and how do we get the results and, and work on some of the goals and get ahead in, in mm-hmm. some of these areas. So through that planning, um, hopefully we will come up with some of those strategies of how to engage and how to move forward and, and um, uh, make it make an impact. Um, so one of the key areas that we are really um, excited about is uh, the recent declaration by UBC's Board of uh, Governors on Climate Emergency. And uh, um, so the task force that was 
put together has come up with some key recommendations around climate emergency and we are very excited on looking at these recommendations and how do we implement those uh, in, in at UBC. So that is one area that we are really focusing on in the in the next coming years along with climate justice um, as well uh, but then also looking at other areas in terms of how do we support that through education and through mm. um, community building and through collaboration and other um, aspects. Would you be able to give us a sneak peek of some of the recommendations from the UBC Board of Governors um, task force? Sure. Um, one of them is actually around education and how do we, um, you know, how do we offer opportunities to our students to increase awareness and education and learning opportunities around climate emergency and climate change and climate justice issues. And that is something that I'm really excited about and, uh, and uh, thinking about different ways to um, approach that and uh, kind of also linking it to the UBC's strategic plan in terms of transformative learning and research uh, and uh, inclusive excellence. So how do we target those um, areas as well in terms of indigenous uh, perspectives as well and um, anti-racism and those kind of aspects that are also part of um, moving forward together. Um, so we are thinking about all of these elements and how we can bring them together and move, move together as a collaborative community. Sounds like there's definitely going to be lots of work for you and the sustainability ambassadors up ahead. So we'll dive right into those shortly. Um, but keeping in mind the context of where we're at now, of being in this pandemic, lockdown, restricted um, times for the last year and a half, and now just kind of transitioning into a post-pandemic normal-ish time. Um, in your experience, how has sustainability or any perceptions of sustainability changed during this time, if at all? Yeah, it has quite a bit, um, I think. Um, so uh, one of the workshops that I delivered um, at the start of the pandemic, and then I've used it quite a few times during the pandemic, is how does the COVID-19 um, impact the global sustainable development agenda? Um, and how does it really impact those 17 goals? Um, mm. And the pandemic has definitely done a lot, a lot of damage um, in terms of poverty. So it has, um, you know, more than 70 million people have gone back into extreme poverty because of, pan because of the pandemic. Um, in terms of using uh, sing um, single-use items, uh, especially PEP, and all of those has gone up. Uh, plastic use, plastic bags, which we had banned, we were trying to ban, had to come back. Um, mm -hmm. You know, all of those single-use items, um, uh, you know, so it has definitely um, uh, reverted some of the progress that we had made in terms of climate change, climate action. Um, at the same time, I think, and, and the emissions, like the emissions went down, right? It's uh, mm -hmm. because people were not flying. But at the same time, now that the pandemic is kind of kind of coming to an end, those, those uh, numbers will go back up again. Um, so I think uh, we have also, over the pandemic year, have learned a lot in terms of how people work and uh, how communities are brought together. And um, a lot of the changes that UBC is uh, making in terms of uh, building back better is is really something to think about in terms of how 
Um, for example, uh, do we need to commute to the campus every day to work, like for every staff and faculty? So I think mm-hmm. UBC has been really, really supportive of, um, uh, you know, staff and faculty having some kind of a hybrid model where they can come to the campus and still have that connection to the team and still have that collective community uh, feeling. But at mm-hmm. the same time, they can also work from home, so they are not commuting every day. Um so those are some kind of uh, those are really good ways to kind of come out of this pandemic by learning some of the lessons um, that we can then take forward and build back better um, instead of going back to our uh, old ways of doing things. Right, taking this as an opportunity to bounce back, but also learn from. Weird to call this pandemic an opportunity, but from the pandemic, for sure. Okay, fair enough. So now that we kind of definitely have a better feel for how you got to where you are today, kind of your perspective on sustainability, I'm curious for students who want to get further involved or just want to learn more about sustainability, what are some resources or opportunities that you can share for students to get further involved? Yeah, so definitely, um, if uh, if you can get involved with uh, um, uh, with a group on campus, so we have over seventy sustainability related wow. student groups on campus, and they are all listed on our website on sustain.ubc.ca. Um, so get involved with a group that that is of interest to you around the theme around sustainability. Um, uh, get involved with other leadership opportunities. So Sustainability Ambassadors is a really good one, uh, but the applications don't open until January for the September start. So um, that's a good one. Um, another uh, really good places to look at is for graduate students is that we have an internship program called uh, Sustainability Scholars. Um, and they can work on a project with a mentor uh, related to sustainability. So with the mm-hmm. city of Vancouver or other organizations that partner with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a paid internship program to get some really good experience for graduate students. Um, so that's a really good one. Um, we also uh, do speaker series, that, like I mentioned earlier in the show, um, it's called the UBC Reads Sustainability. So we bring upcoming sustainability book authors to our campus um, mm-hmm. to discuss uh, various sustainability issues. Uh, last year, we also launched a climate justice series. Um, so we wanted to really um, enhance that conversation and dialogue around climate justice issues. So um, we, we've done quite a few webinar uh, past year, and then we are hoping to continue to on in the next year. So if students have feedback and ideas around the topic, we are definitely very open to that. So please send us your ideas uh, in terms of even the book authors uh, to bring to our campus. Um, but there are different, a lot of different ways in terms of uh, operational uh, sustainability. We have the zero-based squad that, that is run by campus and community planning. Um, in residences, we have sustainability in residence, um, which is also managed primarily by campus and community planning and uh, student housing. Uh, so it's a collaborative um, uh, thing, and it's really uh, uh, encouraging students in residence to think about sustainability and climate um, through their actions within the residence, and there are a lot of resources available around that. So I would encourage 
uh, folks and residents to connect to their residence advisors and talk about that. And if they don't have a sustainability representative already, to maybe think about how how we can uh, enhance that opportunity there. Um, uh, but yeah, look at our website. I think our website is is basically uh, uh, has all the information around uh, that. And we have also launched that um, a year ago um, climate emergency web page as well. So it's called UBC climate emergency, sorry, climate emergency .ubc um, mm -hmm. And uh, you can get a lot of different um, uh, resources there that we are just starting to update as well. Awesome. And I think since you are the manager of sustainability student engagement as part of the UBC sustainability initiative and kind of over work with the sustainability ambassadors, can you tell us a little bit more about the different projects that have been carried out in the past and maybe if possible, a sneak preview of what are some upcoming projects, especially as we head into um, an in-person reopening in the fall time? Yeah, um, so in the past, ambassadors have done, so annually they have done the sustainability fair on campus. Um, in the pandemic year, that wasn't possible, so we did not mm -hmm. do a fair, but it usually happens um, in, in the nest um, every year. Um, last year, uh, they did two, three new projects, actually, mm -hmm. one on circular economy. So um, there's this idea that the move-in, move-out uh, processes that are happening, especially in residences, there's a lot of waste that is produced. A lot of folks that are moving out just um, chuck mo most of their equipment, their couches, their desk, their chairs, and there isn't a lot of ways for folks to just reuse that material. Mm -hmm. um, so um, the ambassadors work on a project proposal where they created a framework of how we can create a reuse um, a platform on our campus, either physical or, or, or a digital digital platform. Mm -hmm. um, so now they have gotten support from our urban innovation research and campus of community planning, and they will be working on that project in the coming year. Um, so there will be a lot of DIY in terms of fixing the equipment. There's a lot of skill um, a, a skill gap in terms of fixing mm. your own um, things like a toaster, for example, or your, I don't know, your phone or something. Uh, yeah. A lot of the things that were um, uh, kind of more indigenous ways of knowing and, and, and using things. I, I think we are wanting to bring that back and, and think about how do we, how, how can you fix your thing instead of just checking in and buying something new? Mm. Um, so that culture shift. Um, so that will be that will be happening in the next coming year, um, and then they also worked on a social justice project where they uh, worked with closely with the VP students office in terms of um, how do we integrate um, anti racism and inclusive excellence um, into our uh, processes at UBC. So they they did an event around that and they collected some feedback that they will be submitting into that. So I think. Um, they are hoping to continue that uh, in the next year and how mm -hmm. that will happen, I don't know. That might shift in terms of how we do that. Uh, yeah. But some, certainly something around social justice. They also actually did a podcast. <laughs> so they worked with Sport and Sustainability, a center for sport and sustainability. Mm -hmm. And uh, they developed three podcasts on specifically on sport and sustainability so yeah. um they are online and i can i don't remember the the, the url but if you go to the center for sport and sustainability at ubc they have them there um and they might be thinking about how do we 
encourage more around how how sports going to be impacted as we go into the climate um, change uh, and climate emergency. So uh, they're doing that. So there will be so in in terms of coming year. Uh, the ambassadors are given uh, a lot of flexibility um, and uh, autonomy in terms of what projects they want to work on. So um, we'll give them ideas, but then most of the ideas actually come from the ambassadors. Um, so if they want to tweak something and then carry on with that, that's great. But if they have a new idea, so for example, circular economy and social justice were new ideas that, that came out of ambassadors last year. Um, mm -hmm. So they are keep going with that. Um, so we'll see what kinds of uh, projects emerge from this year's team. But there's certainly interest in uh, a lot of the projects that happened in the past years. I personally am so excited for that circular economy fixer-upper project and for those who've been living in residence for a while you see a cycle every year when there's that move-in period it's like mountains of people just like leaving things out obviously for more logistics reasons of yeah. you know you can't take everything back on a plane or however way they're going to get back but it's just wild and mind-blowing just how many things just pile up every year and the fact that it happens every year so to have some sort of system in place to help mitigate that kind of waste and yeah exactly. uh, promote reusing I think that's just a really exciting project so I'm looking forward to that one and of course with everything else and I want to ask you a question there's obviously a lot of different projects that each of the sustainability ambassadors bring and their own ideas for you if you could wave a wand and implement something like immediately what is one piece that you would I'm trying to keep it not realistic but something that could feasibly happen just with a wave of a wand not like I want to fix climate change so I think that's a little <laughs> difficult so a little specific a smart goal I guess what would you like to implement huh. um wow uh I have hundred different ideas happening going <laughs> on no. in my head. But I think the one that I will be most excited about is, again, connected to education, is really having each and every course that is, that is offered at UBC to have that lens of sustainability and climate emergency. Um, each and, I, I, I wouldn't even say course, each and every experience that mm -hmm. students ex um, uh, go through at UBC has that built in, um, in terms of that we are in the climate emergency period and to treat, as, treat it as an emergency and mm -hmm. to kind of talk about it um, every opportunity you get. Um, so each and every course, each and every program um, has that built in, um, to that, and in terms of pedagogy, um, and how do we approach that? Um, actually, one of the one of the the groups that I'm part of is called the Kindness Group, and mm -hmm. um, it's a new group that was started by a previous ambassador when she graduated. She she actually started talking about it as part of the ambassadors program, and then. Um, 
we kind of started this group. So now there are uh, faculty, staff, and students part of this group, mm-hmm. uh, not just at UVC, but even beyond UVC. There is faculties from UVic, faculty from mm-hmm. uh, other parts of the world. And uh, we've been talking uh, more about the kindness pedagogy and how do we embed kindness pedagogy into uh, courses and how, uh, because it really links well with uh, the fact that the the climate crisis, um, sustainability and the pandemic and the social inequities that we are in really is shouting out for a kinder culture, that Mm -hmm. we should be just kinder to each other, but also to the environment around us. Um, And how do we embed that um, as a foundational basis for every course and program at UBC. And, and, and really, when you're thinking about from that, from that lens of kindness, um, a lot of the other uh, aspects like well-being, um, like indigenous perspectives and uh, anti-racism, those are all kind of part of that conversation then. And mm-hmm. um, uh, so I don't know if that's a long-winded answer. It's like <laughs> embed that into every experience. Um, if we can at UBC. That seems pretty dang realistic. I am. I feel like I could see that happening very easily. Okay, very cool. And I think it's kind of a right near wrapping up the interview. Um, thinking about some tangible actions, what are some things beyond getting involved in groups that residents today, tomorrow, like? Right now, that can be implemented to become a little bit more sustainable um, and work towards just living a more sustainable lifestyle. Yeah, I I think um, if at your residence, um, you know, every residence, I believe they have a compost facility and, uh, you know, I I believe there was, I'm not sure if if it's at Ponderosa um, in terms of cutting down on shower times and you know, looking after your um, electricity use and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, there is a checklist um, that is available on our website as well. So um, that students can easily do in terms of their everyday behavior and actions. Um, uh, so like turning off the lights when you go unplugging things, um, when you're not using them, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking shorter showers, of course. Um, kind of asking your resident advisors and folks if if you're missing something or if you feel like you should see something around sustainability or climate action happening, if you see a gap, talk to somebody um, and ask for it. I think a lot of the times, um, especially at UBC, student leadership has shown us like how what students can uh, can do, uh, especially at a university. So there's has been UBC has seen a lot of good um, climate leadership uh, from students, mm-hmm. and if students ask for it, it will happen. So if you see something, and if you if you want to um, see something happen around your residence in terms of climate and sustainability, please reach out to your, first of all your residence advisor or whoever your direct. Um, support structure that that exists uh, at residence but if not if you don't get anywhere from there please contact us um contact ubc sustainability initiative or campus and community planning and they would be more than happy to listen to your concerns and then work out a solution if it's possible um yeah 
I love how the action is really like taken into your own hands, advocate for what you want to see and get in touch with the people that can kind of make it happen. And of course, we'll be sure to link UBC Sustainability Initiatives contact info in the description of the podcast. And I know you mentioned that Sport and Sustainability also has a podcast. So we'll also be sure to link theirs so you can check it out and get more involved and listen and learn and educate ourselves in terms of sustainability. So to wrap up, of course, I want to thank you for joining us today on the podcast, but are there any final comments, key takeaways that you want, want to end off this episode with? Well, I'll just I'll share my, my most favorite quote by um, mm. Mahatma Gandhi, and it's, uh, be the change you seek in the world. So, um, you know, just lead that change. Uh, and I it is very, very, very feasible, especially for students um, at UBC. I think you have a, you have a lot of power. I mean, a lot of the times we may not think that, but I think if you ask for it and if you um, make a good case for it, it could happen. So and that thank you so up. much for having me. Uh, this was a great opportunity to kind of think through all my own thoughts too. And uh, it was really nice to share. Of course, thank you so much again. And that brings us to the end of this episode of the podcast.